Ketov. Today's daf is Tzadi Aleph 91. Um, we are in the middle of a debate. We sort of got into it as a digression of a, of a digression a bit. But, we're in, the, but um, we're in the middle of a debate of Rabbi Akiva and um, who was it? Um, who was it? Shimon uh, Atimani about whether um, uh, the basin has to directly see the murder weapon. Um, and they learned this from the Pesachit. You know, Be'evan O growth that somebody is smitten with a stone or a uh, or, or a fist so Shimon Atimani says well the same way Basin could directly inspect the guy's fist they have to be able to directly inspect the murder weapon now by the way the Pasuk itself is really talking not about murder but about uh, inflicting injury um, but, the, but the debate of Rabbi Akiv and Rabbi, and Rabbi Shimon Atimani focuses on murder and does the Basin have to directly see the murder weapon Rabbi Shimon Atimani says yes Rabbi Akiva says you're never going to be able to see all the circumstances about how the act of murder was committed, you, you know, and therefore you have to trust the Aiden. You trust the Aiden about everything else. You rely on them. So the based in themselves does not have to see it. Fine. The Gemara then introduced this uh, strange Braita, which really, again, in some ways belongs in the first half of Babakama, that if a ox both murdered and killed and uh, caused injury, so if it's a short time, then you would first do the, um, then, you know, you're not going to get the guy who was injured isn't going to get paid because it's going to be a shorhaniskal. It's not going to be worth anything. So you just do the judgment of the shorhaniskal, and the guy who got injured is just not going to collect because his only ability to collect is from the body of the ox itself. But if it's a muad where the guy's going to pay cash for the injury, it says even there it says it's important to first do the judgment of it as a uh, as a payment, and then do the judgment for a shorhaniskal. And if you reverse the order, the guy can't be paid. So the man says, why can't the guy be paid? Right? I mean, okay, you reverse the order. It's a Sharanisko. Big deal. You still have to pay cash for the injury. So, the, so, so here's how it tied back in. Rava says he found the rabbis of the Beis HaMedrish and they were saying, ah, this is Shimon money. And according to Shimon money, the same way you have to see the murder weapons based in, not just the witnesses, the based in has to see the injury weapon. And not just for a person who inflicts injury, but even for an ox who inflicts injury. So you got to bring the ox directly into based in for them to uh, look at the ox and determine could this ox really, under normal circumstances, have inflicted the, the damage that it did? We don't have a question that it did inflict the damage, but if it was not something to be expected, maybe that would be a reason to be exempt from payment. The Gemara is going to get back to that. I know. We'll get back to that. Okay, well, but nevertheless, under these circumstances, it's a good point. Um, anyway, that's how they explain it, and since the basin has to see the murder weapon, well, if the shock ox has already made a shorhanisko, you can't say, oh, don't stone it yet, we need to hold it off, so the basin can look at it for this next case of this injury case not this injury, not only murder weapon the, the injury weapon Let, we gotta we gotta not stone it yet we gotta wait another week so because we're dealing with this other case so that wouldn't be fair wouldn't be fair to the poor ox and here it's so I, so interesting that the same way the Gemara in the past had said that you know that you do uh, that the process of making something with Sharnitzko is similar to the process of judging a person liable for you know an act of murder here actually it says it's also true about postponing the execution that the same way that's considered to be anguish and affliction for somebody who has been ruled to be liable, you know, to be to to to, to get capital punishment, it would be affliction to the ox 
to have to postpone its execution. Like it, it's so ironic, bizarre. I mean, you know, how does the act even know that it's this uh, this uh, order has been issued? Anyway, that's one explanation. So the reason you have to do it in this order is once it's a sharnisko, you'll have to stone it. You can't post you can't postpone stoning it, and then Basin won't be able to look directly at the weapon, as it were, that committed the injury. That was the first explanation given. Yes, Rabbi Dov. Yeah, I think in I think in American law you can bring a capital case and then you can sue for damages. Well, yeah, that's the O.J. Simpson. That's when they lost the capital case. Yeah. That's true. We're not saying you can't. So you can't. Do, in other words, you can never do that. No, no, no. This is specifically about the Sharniskel, and because and you can't. And it depends about the order. It's only for the reason said. Okay, I mean how that would play out in other cases and Kimlay, but this is specifically about a Sharniskel and the order being okay, dealt so with here. Confined to that. Yeah, I mean now it is true if it's the case of a human being who commits murder. That's something we've discussed before. There's no civil suit for a case right, of murder. Right. Okay, so anyway, the Gemara says, three lines on the top on Sadi Aleph Admad Aleph. So Rabbi said, I said back to those rabbis in the base Medrash, a few days Rabbi Akiva, I have a way of explaining this, even according to Rabbi Akiva, that you uh, don't, the basin doesn't have to see the murder weapon. So if the, the basin, or the injury weapon. So if the basin doesn't have to see it, why, can, why can't you make it a Shor and then go on with the other judgment? So the Gemara says, a few days Rabbi Akiva, you know what are we talking about? To go in Shabarach. The owner ran away. And because the owner ran away, you can't have a court case without the owner being present. You can't judge somebody not in their presence. Of course, the point is, if that's the problem, who cares what order you're judging the ox? If the problem is that the owner isn't here. E. Barach, if the owner ran away... Even if they hadn't done the the you know murder trial, the Shohaniskal trial first, how could you judge the ox for you know for paying for the injury below Bailin without the without the owner's present? So you know what does that mean? The owner ran away. Then that has nothing to do with the order. If the owner ran away, you can't have the court case. So the Gemara says no. So uh, fine, the Kadosh Stadiyabar. No, no, fine. Okay, first we did accept witnesses that this ox was a Shohaniskal, and then the owner ran away okay and now we can't judge it for being a you know for what do you call it for um, you know for uh, for doing the injury of course the question still is that it has nothing to do with the order it just has to do with the guy that the issue that the owner isn't here so the Gemara says so 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 where would you where would the owners be like so here so what the Gemara is saying here is is that the problem now is not that you cannot have the court case not in the owner's presence you um, you know you you accepted the witnesses already. So it's basically the hearing of the witnesses that has to be in the owner's presence. And that took place. But here's the problem. The problem is that we don't have any access to the owner's assets. Okay, because we don't have any access to the owner's assets, so presumably the witnesses came and testified that they saw this ox both murder and, uh, you know, could create injury. So we have to decide now, okay, we have testimony that we can now use for two court cases. Which one are we going to deal with first? And the, the problem is, is that there's no assets to collect from except this ox. The ox is the one thing that's left here that you know, otherwise you wouldn't be able to have a judgment of a Shadonisco. Otherwise, the owner ran away, absconded with all of his assets. So here's the problem. Problem is, if we judge Dine Knossos first, okay, if we judge the injury first, so then, 
maybe we can pay the guy off by using the ox. So let's judge Dina, the Nezek, pay the injured party off by giving him the ox, and then we're going to judge Shohaniskal and make it into Shohaniskal. The only question is, how am I going to benefit from giving this ox if you're going to turn it into a Shohaniskal? So the answer is, ah, what we'll do is we'll let you use the ox long enough, so, you know, in your field and plowing, so that you can get paid up for the cost of the injury, and maybe it'll take a year, and then we'll deal with the Shohaniskal case a year I from now. Okay, like a killing animal. I am, well, that's a good, that's that, that's a pretty good question. I don't. <laughs> that's a very good question. Wait, wait. Yes. Sell it, keep that cash. No, uh, no, because I, I don't think so. Because well, he could sort of sell the right to use it in the field, but by, otherwise it would be like a mechato, selling it to somebody and you know it's going to be turned oh, into a shor oh, oh. But anyway, but like you could sell somebody else the right to use it. But um, but afterwards, anyway, Michael asks an excellent question. You know, when exactly you have an obligation to kill an animal? You know, not because of shor just because this is a hazard. Like the Gemara spoke about a kalavra. So the Rishonim uh, discuss like what are the scenarios like and sometimes maybe you can do a good enough shmir and if you're responsible enough we don't make you ki- we don't make you you know m- you know kill the animal but it's a really good question anyway let me finish the point so so if we do the order right we have the we accepted the witnesses now we have to decide which order are we going to to do the court case if we do the order right we can pay off this guy for the injury let him use the ox till he's got paid back and then we'll have the Shohanisko case but if we do it in the other order then and it'll become Shohanisko and then we can't have the guy use it. Why can't we have the guy use it after Shohanisko? Not because it's Asr Bahana, because it's not Asr Bahana until it's dead. You might remember that. But because once it's a Shohanisko, same problem. He can't spend time using it plowing because it's not fair to the poor ox that you're postponing the execution. Okay? <laughs> but that's the scenario, Rosa. The scenario is not the 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 Shimonati money that basically has to see the weapon. The scenario is is that the oh, is that the party has to be paid from the uh, from using the ox to plow, and therefore we have to do it in the right order, or we're going to be postponing the execution of the ox. I want to just read that inside the Gemara, and then you can ask your questions. So the Gemara says like this: Okay, the, um, where would he be paid off from the plowing? So, and that's why you have to do it in this order because he can pay it off, and not in the other order where then you would be postponing the execution of the ox. Okay, but the Gemara says one minute. If you can pay a guy from the plowing of an animal, you know, even if the animal is going to be executed, as long as you haven't made it a shorhanisko yet, tam So why by a tam? By a tam we said it doesn't matter. Either way, the guy isn't going to get paid. You know, it doesn't matter what order you do. But it doesn't matter what order you do. Same solution. Have the guy, even though this will be a shorhanisko and the tam can only be paid in gufo, but now have the guy use the gufo of the animal to plow and get paid back and then you'll make it a shorhanisko that works for Tom also you're getting that benefit from the body of the ox so do it in that order so Gemara says um, and then we'll make it into a shorhanisko so Amarav Mari this teaches you the benefit of plowing is 
is not considered the body of the ox. That's considered like other assets of the owner. Okay? So that when we say an ox, you know, the, the injury for damage of a shortam is from the body of the ox, then that means from actually how much the ox itself sells for. And that ox itself is going to become a shorhanifko. So you can't say, I have a right to use the ox to get paid back before you make it a shorhanifko. No. That's not getting paid from the body of the ox. That's getting paid from some other benefit that the owner has. And therefore, it doesn't work in a shortam case, but it works in a shorhanifko case. Yes, Michael. I was kind of under the impression that the Beitin had to take each case as it came up, but they couldn't necessarily take it. Yeah, but apparently the witnesses came to both at the same time. But doesn't it make a difference like who brought the... I mean, um, you know, they kind of have to come first. The guy, yeah. This guy got in, killed. Right. This other guy got injured. Right. This guy's family. Well, but there's also a question about, like, you know, equity, you know. I mean, it's an interesting question in general. If they were really two completely unrelated cases, let's say you brought one case and you brought witnesses, and another person brought another case and brought witnesses, and we figured out for some reason... The same ox. That, no, 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 not about the same ox. Some unrelated cases. I mean, at least the, the very body, you know, the sort of substance of the cases was unrelated. But somehow, if we were to judge this case first, that would call, you know that would mean you would never get you know you would never be able to to uh, to collect for for your case. Would we use that to factor in and say therefore we're going to give priority to yours because that'll get everybody justice? I don't know. That's an interesting question. But here anyway, it's not separate cases, right? It's all about the same ox, and it sounds like the witnesses testified about both things at the same moment. So to some degree, you know, they're both being presented to us at the, effectively the same time. So we're going to choose the way that's going lead to the greatest justice. Um, all right? Okay, so now the Gemara continues. Okay, yes? Yeah, two quick questions. One, you said it's similar, it doesn't apply to an ox, right? In other words, he can't right. so he's right. still a right. And the other is, isn't it, it's, it sounds somewhat like a fiction, this idea of like if it has to be killed once it's judged, that it should be killed immediately so it doesn't... So right, I don't think we really believe that the ox is in anguish, yeah, but yeah. we're just being very formalistic about the same way you would treat a human being, you're going to treat the ox right. here. I mean, I think that what that does is to underscore that we're not trivializing, you know, we're looking at this as like real, like murder. You know, one way to think about this, by the way, is because the Torah is so radical, you know, for its time, in saying, because the, the law of Hammurabi was, you kill somebody, you know, kill somebody's child, your child gets killed, you know. So the Torah is being very radical, and the Torah actually says, well, the Torah, the Peshat of the Pesukim say that basically, if it did it three times, you should be killed, or you are killed, executed, but you can pay a kofar. But it sounds like the simple reading of the Torah, if you don't have the money to pay a kofar, we would execute you. The rabbis read that you're never killed, you, you know, there's just a kofar payment. So because what we've done is now, but you know, we're so much, uh, so that's like a radical shift, and somebody could say that's so unfair. His ox killed, you know, someone, and all that happens is you just kill the ox, like, you know, that's not real justice being done. So it could be that if we make the process of turning it into a Sharnisco exactly like the process of, you know, holding up somebody for an act of murder, you know, that maybe creates, does somewhat to balance that, you know, creates some greater sense of justice being served. But yes, it is a fiction in this case about postponing the, you know, the, the judgment that is the oxidant in anguish. So uh, the other question was, are we in some ways using this situation if we decide we're first going to allow the ox to be used for a year and then we think we're going to kill it anyway? So are we really 
Uh, no, that's true even about a case of a human being. That until the judgment has been passed, and because you never know how a case is going to be concluded. So the idea of postponing an execution, that you're not allowed to do it, and that that creates anguish, is only once the judgment has been passed. Okay, so now the Gemara continues. Ibayalahu. They raise the question. Now, we already know the answer because of our previous discussion, but let's take a look at this question. Yesh omid linaziken o'ein omid linaziken. When damage is caused... Do you assess whether the da- whether it was reasonable for this damage to have occurred? Meaning, here, well, here, let's spell it out. So we just got through this whole discussion of the Eveno Be'egrof, right? That you have to, basically, has to assess the murder weapon, okay? And, um, um, and actually, it's even more explicit because in the Psukim in Bamidbar, it says, Asher Yamusba, he comes. Right. Anyway, it says, and if he smote him with a with a with with, with a wo- weapon that that could kill him, then he shall be put to death. The Torah actually says the weapon has to have the capacity to kill him. Okay. I mean, that's like not just a drash. That's like shot in the psukim. Okay. So there we say that if you actually, if 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 I was in a fight with somebody and I hit him with a stone, and you know, and. Uh, under normal circumstances, it wouldn't have killed him, but in this case, it did kill him. I actually um, cannot be executed because that was seen like as a freak thing. It was not seen, can't be seen as an act of murder. That's what we so say now. But yeah, I sort of get off. But I, I got to say, by the way, that there's a problem there because, like, what's the scenario about my intention, right? Like, if if my intention was just to injure and not to murder, then even if it could have killed him and he died, if I genuinely wasn't trying to do that you know even if I was being grossly negligent I'm still you still need intention you know here you know in American law we would call it like manslaughter first degree second degree if there's gross negligence but it still wouldn't be murder so the only case that you need to have this rule that the stone had to have and if not he gets off would be that I was trying to kill him so get, get this case I'm trying to kill a guy I take a rock I bang it on his head he dies okay but we say, wait, 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 wait. That rock really shouldn't have done that under normal circumstances. You really didn't hit him. I mean, you were trying to kill him, but, you know, you hit him in in a place that shouldn't have killed him. And it happened that it did. So you're off. You didn't commit murder. Okay, so that's pretty wild. All right? But that's the halacha. That it's not enough that you tried and that you succeeded. The weapon has to have the ability to do it. Otherwise, we say it was a freak thing and you're off. So the question is, would we say the same by causing damage? Okay? I take a stone. I you know, bang, uh, I don't know, something of Michael's, I bang his, you know, what, what do I bang? Uh, I, I, I don't know. I, I, bang, I bang your iPhone. Yeah, you like my iPhone example. And, and it cracks. And I said, ah, whatever. You know, normally it had a protective cover on it. It shouldn't have cracked. That was a freak thing. But I was trying maybe to break it. Okay, but so we say, well, you're off because that was a freak thing, okay? Now, that's, again, quite funny because we do say Adamuad Olam, right? If you think about that, right? By, by damage, I don't need intention. Even, I don't even need negligence, right? If it's me damaging. I mean, it's different if it's my ox or my well or my fire, okay? But maybe the Gemara is saying is, fine, you didn't need negligence, you didn't need intention, but it had to have been something that would have 
normally cause that damage. And in this case, that act shouldn't have normally caused it. So we'll define that it was a freak thing. It really wasn't done by that act, and therefore you're off. That seems pretty wild. It's wild enough by murder, but it seems totally wild by netzek. Okay, let's see what the Gemara says. Okay? So, mi amrina, do we say, l'ktolahu damrina, b'hachi nafka neshama, b'hachi lo nafka neshama, by amdinan, excuse me, by murder, we say, this could have taken, you know, taken a life, and this could not, and if it didn't have the ability, you get off. So, what? Yeah, that we know. Right, that we know. but for damages, koldahu. Now, it doesn't sound like the question is, should the law be that it doesn't matter? It sounds like, do we just assume that, you know, that many things can cause damage and there's not the same the same reality that only certain things have the capacity because there's always the capacity to cause damage that sounds like it's a factual question I would have said it's a legal question do we care or not um, uh, oh, that's one possibility that 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 by Nezek we don't do Omed we don't assess oh the Omed we say Lo not no even by damage we do an assessment Tashma coming here so remember we said that if a well has 10 Tfachim deep then you're liable if an animal dies. Less than 10 Tfachim, you're not liable if the animal dies, only if it gets injured. And it dies, you're exempt. Who's like, well, if it's damaged, Chayev, you're liable. So my love, presumably we're going from, you know, from, from, like, from below to above, meaning from, you know, decreasing in the depth. And what we're saying is the following. Or, excuse me, I read that along. Increasing in the depth. This is what it's saying. From one tefach up to ten tefachim, it won't murder, but it can cause, it won't kill the animal, but it can cause damage. Okay? And therefore, you're liable for any damage caused. Meaning, ten tefachim, you're liable for the death of an animal. Anything less than ten tefachim, anywhere from one to ten, you're liable for any injury. So if I'm liable for any injury from one to ten, it means you're not assessing whether this injury injury was, was reasonable based on this step. So the Gemara says, um, Alma, you see, that even the smallest depths you're liable for damage. Shmami na ain't om ain't You see that you don't assess. We're going from you know from the from a high number to a low number. This is how to read it. Asara, if it's ten tefachim misa you're liable for the animal dying. Pachos miasara, you're less than ten tefachim. Porta a little bit. So if it's less than 10, if it's 9.9, then you're liable for damages. Miseleka, not, de- not death. Okay? Now, 9.9, you're liable for all, da- all damages. But maybe if it's 5 or 3 or 2 or 1, we have to assess whether you're liable or not. Okay? I would tell you, everything, you would assess for Nezek. Okay? And for everything we determine, was this well deep enough to have caused this particular damage. So just because it says less than 10, there's Nezek, it doesn't mean that you're always liable for Nezek. Less than 10, you would you'd be exempt for death, and for Nezek, we'd assess case by case. Then you think okay. they said that. I understand. Okay, by the way, the other problem with this is that when an animal dies, it's also Nezek. It's not Misa. Meaning the Gemara's question is, right, is there an issue for murder versus damages? Right? So, anyway, it's interesting that it considers that the death of an animal, you know, is different than the injury of an animal. Anyway, the question is like this. Tashma, come in here. Hikala ain't over If a person hit his uh, slave, 
Zevet Knani on his eye, directly hit his eye and blinded him, Al Show on his ear and made him deaf. So Evet Yotibahem Lucheris, he goes free because that's knocking out a limb. By the way, the ear is interesting because physically the ear is still there, the eye, the eye is physically still there. It's just lost its ability, and we say that that's like you know removing it. Okay, um, so. Um, so anyway, the Gemara says um, that's one of the slaves goes free. What does it say in the pasuk about that? It says it says um, by hitting it. It says. <laughs> yeah, but, but what does it say? You did to the eye. What's the pasuk? It said destroyed it. So destroyed it might just mean ruined its capacity, its functional capacity, right? So the ear is an interesting case. Um, okay, anyway, the slave goes free. Opposite the eye. Now what Rashi says, this means is like you hit a wall, the guy was standing right here against the wall, and you went like this. You hit right, and that somehow because you hit it right next to his eye, somehow created some shock, and now he can't see. I don't get exactly the case, but that's it. You didn't actually touch him, okay? And now he can't see. Next to his ear, and he can't hear. He doesn't go free. My timer. What's the reason? You still cause the injury. It must be because we say no, even though it looks like you caused the injury, that normally shouldn't have caused it, and you get off because it was this freak thing. That's why. That it's still like, you know, it, it's like you caused the injury, but because it was a freak causation, you get off. So isn't that why, why you're exempt? Can you do assess in cases of damage? Someone says, no, no. No, that's different. That's because he brought it upon himself. He scared himself. That, now, what does that mean? It means you shouldn't have, your thing didn't really cause it. Well, isn't that umdina? So it sounds like the Gemara is saying, no, no, no. There's a little bit of a difference. If you didn't actually touch him, you just did something next to him, that's not an umdana question. Then that's like, then clearly that's assessed, like he brought it upon, you know, he sort of, you didn't injure him, something you, you know, he, he, his, his reaction to what you did caused this to happen. So there it's different because you didn't actually touch him. That's not an umdana question. That scene is something that he brought upon himself. Well, you know, if you're hiding around the corner and you jump out and right. scare someone and they die of a heart attack, right. you didn't do it. Well, technically, you cannot be prosecuted, right? No, but I have a better, you know, like, or not better, but like, you know, different. Like, let's say, you know, like, I shine, like, this really bright light into his eye. And right. I can touch him, but that really could cause blindness. That, well, that's interesting because, you know, I, I, that is a little interesting because that's like a right, case about... between shining a light in his eye and poking it Throwing an arrow. So to what degree, right, is that is that like a, a chitzav, you know, sending, you know, yeah, because so it's not eye. physical. Yeah. It's sort of like Asian but you know that maybe you are but that's a little different that's something that you projected that directly hit his body although you could say that here also I created sound waves you know by the ears so maybe no but like I didn't, you know, or like we're doing construction right. I didn't warn you then right. you're walking and all of a sudden yes. you a building and right. you to go there so that's what the Gemara sounds like I mean it, this is like all the stuff we had in the first half of Babakama all these formal rules where it's clear you caused it but technically you're off okay I understand the problem. But the Gemara says the problem here is not that it wasn't to be expected. The problem was, was that because you didn't do something directly to him, we defined it that he did it. He brought it upon himself. I understand it's bizarre. It doesn't make sense. But that's presumably, yes. Okay? Kiritanya, like we If you basically scare your friend, you're exempt, there you go, from, from, from judgment down here, because technically you did not do an act of damage. Uh, you'll have to pay 
up in heaven, which might mean that you have to pay down here to be exempt up in heaven. Cave said, what's the case? Talk about Oznovichir show. Um, um, Potter, if you basically like you know yelled in his ear okay and you and you there you go Michael and you made him um uh, and you know, when you made him deaf, you're exempt. However, if you held on to him while you were yelling in his ear, and you made and, and you made him go deaf, because what's the difference? Okay, presumably the difference is that one case because you physically make contact with him, it's defined that you did an act of damage to him. The other case because you didn't make any physical contact, it's not technically defined as an act of damage. So I understand that this is very bizarre, but nevertheless, the point is that it's not about that we say it was not normal for something for this result to have happened. What we say is technically if you didn't touch him it's not defined as you did an act of damage to him. Okay, so now the Gemara Wait, continues. We still haven't answered the question. Right? We still don't know the answer about Yezhomed. Okay, now the Gemara says Tashma, let's try to prove it again. Chamisha Dvarim Omdin Oso Vinosin Lomiyad The five things, right? Nezek, damage, uh, pain and suffering, um, uh, doctor's bill, uh, loss of work and oh, and, and embarrassment. You immediately, when the damage has occurred, you assess what those costs are and you pay him. Now that should be obvious. No, but the point yeah. is there are two things: repoy and shevet. You don't know how long it's going to be the recuperation period. So normally you would say, "Give me the receipt at the end, or I'll pay as you go the hospital bills as they're coming up." But no, what we do is we assess how much are we anticipating this, you know, recuperation period is going to take, and how much is the hospital bills, and pay it up right now. And now, and in, and in, uh, let's take a look. You pay it right away. And you pay the repay and shevet. It doesn't mean you wait, although it could be read that way, but it doesn't mean you wait until he gets be- until he's healed and then you pay it. What it means is you pay now based on how long it's going to take him to be healed. Okay, now let's say you're off. Undo. You assess what that would be. And he was, um, um, and he was getting worse and worse. So the recuperation period took longer than expected. Ain um, amduhu. You don't get, you don't give him more, which sounds crazy, right? So maybe it means we need a bad assessment. Maybe it means these things are not fully predictable. What? I guess that's one way of looking at it. You made a settlement, but the difference is a settlement is because you chose to accept that amount. Right here, we, you know, you have no choice in it. So anyway, but what, what we do is we say, that was this guy's bad luck, you know, based in assess, it really should have only taken a month, and if it took more, you know, that's your own bad luck. Okay? I don't know what to say about that. Okay. I'm doofy but the flip side is, let's say he got better in a week, and we thought it was going to take a month, so no single coma shall do. You pocket the difference, because that was your good luck. The injury still should have caused that a month's worse, and if it was less, that was your own good luck. Okay. Anyway, from this we can infer that we assess what it should have reasonably have caused and if it's more than that you don't have to pay more than that so that sounds like you do an assessment right about what's reasonable so the Gemara says no 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 there's a big difference to assess the person how much should he be sick you know as a result of this injury for katsire is just the Aramaic word for sick and where can I tell you okay I understand. No, Kama lo how you know how long should he be sick? How long shouldn't he be sick? Meaning to 
assess how much damage was done. My car was in a wreck. How much is the amount of the damage that was done? So obviously, of course that's not our question. We always assess the damage that was done already. We, of course we assess it, and that's the amount you have to pay. That wasn't our question. Our question was, to assess the object that did the damage. Was there to assess whether you're liable for any payment? Do we say that the object that did the damage really didn't have the capacity, and therefore it's a freak thing and you get off the if you definitely are liable for damage, we're going to do an assessment about what was the cost of that damage. Okay, so we still don't have an answer. Okay, Olo, Ma, Tashma. So finally we come to the answer that we knew from yesterday. The same way a, a, a fist has to be assessed by, by the base, can be assessed by the base team. Any item that's done, you know, that's used has to be assessed by the base team. And Rabbi Akiva only say, disagrees and says it's Adam it doesn't need the base in but the point is this puzzle about a fist or a stone is not talking about murder the puzzle is talking about injury so Shmamina so Yesh Omed Linaziki, and you see that even when you're dealing with injury, because that's the context of the pasuk Shmamina, and that's why we discuss bringing the ox into Basin according to Shimon Hatimani. So even for injury, you take a stone, you bang it on a guy's car, on a guy's window, uh, the window of the you know, and the window shatters, and Basin comes and says, "Well, we know you were trying to break the window. We know the window shattered, but really, it shouldn't have had that effect because it was a pretty good window and this and that." Okay, you're off, right? It seems pretty wild, well, but that's the. What? No, the Gemara says. No, 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 no. The only thing that Shimon money was whether Basin has to assess it or just the Adim. But they both agree that you have to assess the object. And that was the, the context of the Psukim was an object of injury, not an object of, of murder. Okay, so, so everyone agrees. Everyone agrees. And then also everyone agrees to this, uh, you know, month-long... Yeah. By the way, that's also interesting. We've been learning Kachovel for the last, like, week and a half, and this tiny little fact about how to assess the actual doctor's bills gets stuck in the middle of this song here. It's, you know, it's a little funny when the Gemara sort of does that. Okay. Moving on. Okay. Amar um, Mar. So now we're going to go back and look at that line. You assessed how much it's going to cost to doctor bills, and he gets better. He gets to pocket the, the whole thing. It was his good luck that he got better quickly. This supports Rav. Rav says... Somebody was assessed for a, uh, you know, that he, the, that he was going to be out for the day, and he got better in the middle of the day. Okay? And he's able to get up and do his work. Okay? We still pay him for being out of work for the whole day, the Shevet for the whole day, even though he got better in the middle of the day. Okay? Yeah, I guess so. Okay, right. Okay, right. It was from heaven that he had this good luck, but the actual injury was a, should have caused him to be out for a day. So it's like not like you give your receipts, you give your cost and you get reimbursed. It's like we assess what was the impact of that injury and anything that happens afterwards is like a change in that initial reality. Yes. So if there's a crime committed and they can't find the weapon, they can't uh, bring that person to court. You mean a, cr- a crime of murder or injury? 
right. Right. Injury or murder. Yes, yes. Uh, no, both of them need omed. Both of them you need the weapon. So that's what the Gemara concluded okay. for both. But so the answer would be, well, if the witnesses saw it, you wouldn't have to bring it to court. According to Shimonate Money, yeah, if, 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 you would, if you couldn't bring it to court, you, the guy would right. get off. If they saw the act, but they didn't see the weapon, they, they, they saw the fellow... Right, so the then act, even according the to Rabbi Akiva, you would get off. Akiva, to, even according to Rabbi Akiva, you'd get off. Now, the halacha is that we say that if it's a metal weapon, it doesn't need any assessment. And presumably the same would be true if you're using, like, a gun. You know, so there are some cases where we say you don't need to assess. No matter what it was, we assume it had that ability. Okay, but in many circumstances, the answer would be yes, yes. I'm trying to get back to what we just said a second ago, because I'm just wondering sure I understand this. So, like, you know, you go to the doctor, doctor says, well, you know, this kind of injury can take a month or it can take two months. Right, so, so like, that's a good question. What if Basin actually says we can't assess because it's too indeterminate to, to, to assess? Right, so that would be a good question. So I don't know the answer. But, you know, but, but, maybe, but maybe you would say that, fine, this will have to wait and see how it plays out. The Gemara is assuming that we can assess and, you know, and know what it should take, right? But you make an excellent point. Like, nowadays, with our knowledge of medicine, we know there's no way to know what it should I assume even then they knew. Some things take a long time, a short time. There's no way to determine it. You're, it's, an, it's an excellent question. Okay. So, the one says like this. Um, Rokuk, moving on to the next line of the Mishnah. Um, if, if he spat at him and the, and the spit hit him, so then he pays, what was the, what was the Boshet damage? 400 zuz or something? Something like that. Yeah. 400 zuz. Okay, so the Gemara here makes another interesting point about the same way we had a discussion of defining an act of Nezek, like if you don't touch him, it's not an act of Nezek. An act of Boshet is also, you have to directly encounter the person. So, so I can tear off your clothes, right, the, the woman's head covering, and that's an act of Boshet. I didn't touch her body, but I, t- you know, I touched her clothes. I can spit at a person, but we're going to talk about where the spit has to hit. But if you embarrass somebody without, an, uh, without something that's sort of directly engaging the person's person, you actually are exempt. So let's take a look. I know. Let's take a look. It's only if you hit the person directly. It hits him. The big dove only hits his garments. Lo, you don't have to pay boshes. So the Gemara says, one minute. Why is that any different than if you shame the person with your words? Right? You, let's say you call the person a name or something, you know, in the middle of Rishul Sarabim, and he, you know, or you mentioned some private thing and you embarrass somebody publicly in Rishul Sarabim. So, this isn't any worse, so why don't you have to pay? So, Amri B'marava, so they said in Marava, Mishmei Reb Yosef Baravin, Zoso Meres, Bishu B'tvarim, Pachamikwum. Yeah, from here you see that if you embarrass somebody just with your words, there's no payment of damages. I mean, it's totally us, sir. The Gemara says, like, better to be thrown into a fiery furnace, but it's not considered a tort where there's a payment of damages. You have to directly inge- do something to the person's body to be considered that well, you actually did an act of... Pay a fine, don't they? No, that's extremely narrow. That's the one case of the Manara Murasa. Right? Generally, you don't. So anyway, right, so, there's, it's, so you, there is no... So that's... So in order, the same way to do an act of Nezek, we just learned you have to hit the body. You can't hit near the body. To do an act of Boshet, you have to do something to the person's body. Now, the funny thing is, why is tearing off her, clo- her, her, her head covering or tearing off somebody's clothes, right? We might discuss that. Why is that an act to their body? You're just doing it to the clothes. It somehow seems like since it's covering their body and you're removing what's covering your body, that's sort of like doing something to their body. But spitting on their clothes isn't doing it to their body. I don't exactly get the difference. Okay, but anyway, it's a very interesting...
interesting. In order to be an act of Bochek, what is important is you can pay for just shaming somebody without injuring them. Right? Let's just take a moment to appreciate that. Bochek is not only in the course of injury. Right? If I just, again, the case of, of spitting at somebody, pulling off the head covering, I didn't injure you. I, I just shamed you and that is a tort in itself and you pay purely for an act of shaming. But it has to be similar to an act of injury. It's something done to the person's body. Okay, and that's what we're saying here. Yeah. Yes, Bojet has to have Kavana to either cause embarrassment or to cause damage. Thank you, that is correct. Okay, so now the yes. Uh, you know, I'm forgetting the word, but like if we take people to court, if they defame us, say, and... and uh, that's what Michael just said, Moti Shemra. So, right, in, in, in American law, you can sue somebody for slander. Right. In Halacha, you can't. Um, again, it's sort of called like grama, any consequential loss of business you have, all of that is considered... Yeah, there's no real halacha. I mean, maybe, we, you know, Garmin might cover it, but the basic structure, there's no real compensation for things like shaming, you know, shaming and slander and all those things. Um, I mean, there's very clear biblical prohibitions, but that doesn't make it a tort, right? So it's a, a very interesting. Um, so now the question is like this. Okay. Ibailahu. Um, so now, Hakol Sikvoda. Now, if you remember, the Mishnah gave these lists, 200, 400, whatever, and then it says, oh, all according to the person's honor. And then Rabbi Akiva said, everybody has the same honor. Everybody is, you know, descendant of uh, free people, of, you know, upper class. So the Gemara says, Ibailu, we ask a question. Tanakama, Lukulakama, Lukumakama. When the Tanakama gave numbers and then said it's based on the person's honor, is he saying based on the honor you could go down from these numbers or based on the honor you would go up from these numbers? Okay? Lukulakama, um, he's being lenient and saying you would go down. The Ika, Ani, there are poor people, the low that don't get this amount, the 200, 400, that's the max. Okay? People that don't have, aren't from the upper, you know, classes, they would be less. Okay, or that's one way to read it. Luchumer kamer. Maybe he's being strict. Odiyam luchumer kamer. Kika ashir to buy the mace of late No, no, no. These are the minimums. Based on your honor, you would go even higher than this. So how do you read the Tanakama? Tashma, come in here. Midikama Rebbe Akiva, Filu Anim Shabi Yisrael, Ronis Ankiu Lehim Bnei Chom, Shadim Bnei Chaseim, Shem Bnei Avram Yitzchak Yaakov. So Rebbe Akiva says, No, no, no. Even the poor are deserve, you know, deserve honor. And get the 200 and 400. That implies that the Tanakama was saying what? That the poor get less. Right? So, Shmamina, Tanakama Lakula, Tanakama was saying less. And then he said, no, even the poor are deserving of this amount. Shmamina, that's a good point. So, Tanakama had those numbers as a max. And Rabbi Akiva says, everybody gets the max. Okay. Umayi Rosha. Isha, this person tore off this woman's hair covering. And he said, give me a week. And he gave him a week. And then during that time, he did this trick. Okay? So he says, Umayi Zman. Since when do we give people time to pay off? I mean, assuming they have the cash available. You don't give time for, to, for paying off injury. Um, cases of injury. So no. When do we not give people time to pay if you actually caused a physical injury, the chasri mamona, you caused an actual like loss of value. Okay, you know, you actually injured my arm, or you, you know, you broke my car. There was an actual like you know, loss, uh, you know, pocket, loss of my in my pocketbook. Avalibosheth to lo chasri mamona in for shame. It might be terrible. Like you might be much more prepared. You know, like somebody gets into a car accident, you say, "Is everybody safe?" That's the only thing that matters, right? So you might actually be much more happy to have your car wrecked than to be publicly shamed, okay? But nevertheless, again, it just goes to the irony of this, nevertheless, 
since the money isn't exactly going to replace the lost object, right? It's not like there's any lost, you know, financial loss. So therefore, you give a person the time to pay it off. It's not like that, the, the payment has to immediately rectify the loss. But if the so, you're not going to work, I still have to pay the shipper right away, right? Uh, yeah, that's probably true. That's probably true. Okay. Now, Shomra Omedes al he watched till she was there by the, the opening of her courtyard, presumably by the main street. He spilled the oil, the whole thing. Okay, Vahatanya and Rabbi Akiva said, "Look, you're not even you're not allowed to injure yourself, but if you do, you're exempt. Somebody else injures you, they have to pay." So, okay, that was his response. Vahatanya, but we talked to Brisa. Amalo Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva said to him, "This is a great phrase." Salalta b'mayim adirim ve'alita cheres biyadcha. You 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 Oh, yeah, that's a good point. You're right, Taka. I didn't think that. You, you, you dived into clear waters, okay, or to mighty waters, and you came up with a piece of pottery. Like, like think about the person that's going deep sea diving for like these sunken treasures. You deep sea dive into this whatever, and you came up with garbage. Okay, you did this whole big thing, and you got nothing out of it. Person's allowed to injure themselves. Now that's different than the Mishnah. The Mishnah said you're not allowed to injure yourself, but there's no payment. Okay, he said a person can injure themselves if they want. Big deal that she did it to herself. So uh, how do you deal with this? Is the person allowed to injure themselves or not? This is a very going to lead to a very important question, a right? A plastic. Oh, right. Are you allowed? Or even let you just do it for fun? You know, on a fun. There are some people that have a psychological thing. They cut up to cut themselves. You know, Absolutely. are you allowed to? Are you? Are you allowed? You know, is there a problem with causing self injury? So I'm a rabbi. Look, There's a difference between physical injury, actually physically wounding yourself, which you're not allowed, as opposed to embarrassing yourself that you are allowed if you want to. So that's why when he says you're not allowed to, he means you're not allowed to wound yourself. In this bright where he says you're allowed to, he means you're allowed to embarrass yourself. So the verse says one minute. But our mission was talking about shaming. That's where Rabbi Akiva says you're not allowed to injure yourself. So clearly it means you're not even allowed to embarrass yourself. No. The verse says no. This is what he said to me. It goes without saying that embarrass, when it comes to embarrassment, you are allowed to embarrass yourself. Like Rabbi Akiva said in the Breitah. But even when it would come to personal injury, to, 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 to wounding, you're not allowed to wound yourself. Nevertheless, if you did it, you're, there's no consequence. But people that do cause wounding, they do have to pay. So in this case, she, she could embarrass herself if she wants. But even if it was a wounding, people are not allowed to wound themselves, but there won't be a consequence. Doesn't mean that you're that if you wound them, you don't have to pay. Okay. In the beginning part when he says, Yeah. So now we're reconciling that by saying you're allowed to embarrass yourself, but you're not allowed to wound yourself. But either way, when you did, that's what they're doing to themselves. When you did it, you have to pay. But now we're going to focus on this question: Are you allowed to wound yourself? The way we've reconciled this, both of these Mishnah and Brayta says you're not allowed to wound yourself. Maybe you're allowed to embarrass yourself. Okay. So now the Gemara says, is this really true? The ain't on the Mishnah 
person not allowed to wound themselves? If somebody takes an oath to do injury to themselves, so if you take an oath of something that, you're, that is not binding, let's say you take an oath to violate a mitzvah, something you're not allowed to do, okay, so then if you don't keep by the oath, you're exempt because the oath was never binding in the first place. So let's say you take an oath to do injury to yourself. Should we say that the oath is not binding and therefore if you violate it, you're exempt? So that's what this, that's what this asks. And it says, the writer says, you, maybe you think the oath would not be binding and you would be exempt because you took an oath to injure yourself. Maybe that's not a valid oath. Talmud Lomar, the verse teaches, you took an oath to do evil or to do good. The same way you, are, you have the permission to do good to yourself or to others, so whatever, you have the permission to do uh, injury to yourself. And therefore, uh, because we're not letting to we're not going to discuss that. We're going to focus on the point for us. Okay? So you have permission to do injury to yourself, so such a oath is binding, even if it's an oath to do injury to yourself. Mm-hmm. So, so that includes somebody, it, it doesn't work if you take an oath to do injury to another person. You're not allowed to injure another person. So that's the point of this bright, the rest of this bright. An oath to do injury to another person is not binding. But an oath to do injury to yourself, you're allowed to do injury to yourself. So it is binding. So this bright makes it very clear. You're allowed to injure yourself. Okay? So doesn't that say you are allowed to injure yourself? Amar Shmuel, so Shmuel says, the Eishe Batanis. No, no, no. We don't mean physical wounding. We mean doing bad to yourself. So you can take an oath to be in a fast to sit a day of fast, that's hurting yourself and you're not eating, that you're allowed to do, but you're not allowed to do injury to yourself. So he says, one minute. That doesn't sit with the parallel because it says it works about yourself, it doesn't work about others. So what does it mean? Oh, but it doesn't work if you take an oath to do bad to other people. So what would that mean now? It doesn't take an oath, work if you take an oath to make other people sit a day of, uh, sit a fast day? Like, what's the case that you could do something like that? How do I make you sit a fast day? So how can you ever do that you know, what would that even mean to make somebody keep a fast day? So the Gemara says, In, yes, you could do it. You know, I'll make you keep a fast day? You know, enforce starvation. I, 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 I lock you in a room. Sure, you can do that. I can enforce starvation on somebody. Okay? So that's the case. We're talking about starving yourself or starving other people. That, you are allowed to starve yourself. I mean, not to the point that we call, per, you know, any permanent injury, but for a period of time. That's not real injury. Our issue is causing real injury. Okay. So I'll tell you one minute. You can't say that because the Bryce clarifies what type of injury we're talking about. What is the type of injury to others that the oath is not binding? I'm going to hit so-and-so. mocho, And I'll smash in his head, his, his skull. Okay, that's pretty graphic. That's a, little, that's a little more than injury. That's like murder. So Ella, so it's clear that this Bryce says, you're, if you take that oath about yourself, it is binding because you are allowed to do that to yourself. So there's no way out of it. The price is clear. You're allowed to cause real injury to yourself. So the Gemara says, fine. Ella Tanoyi. It's a debate of Tanoyim. The eagle of Mandar Mardam Rishai Lechavel Be'atzmo. Some say a person is allowed to cause injury to themselves and some say that a person is not. Okay? And by the way, as uh, Tosos points out, that might have been the two Rebbe Akivas. Not the way we reconciled it before. That might have been two versions of Rebbe Akiva. One has him say you're allowed to injure yourself and one has him says you're not allowed to injure yourself. Because there actually is a debate of Tanayim, are you allowed? Yeah, that's what it says. Anyway, so it might actually, but there is a debate of Tanayim. There's no question that the Reb, that 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 the Rebbe Kiva of Armistice says you're not allowed to injure yourself, 
And the Rebbe, and this Brighta says you're allowed to take an oath to injure yourself. You are allowed to injure yourself. So now the Gemara says, "My time is to come and say, 'Damar ain't on Rishayim Who is the Tana? I mean, other than Rebbe Akiva, but like, where do we see this idea sort of expounded upon? And maybe we could also say, what's the basis for this idea that a person is not allowed to cause injuries to themselves? The high Tana who the following Tana, the Tana Tana Brisa, the Achet Simchem Lenasher Sechem Edrosh. Your blood for your souls, I will seek." Out. What does this mean? I will punish your souls for the spilling of your blood, meaning for committing suicide. This is a verse that prohibits the committing of suicide. Ah, so you see, that's the basis that you're not allowed to injure yourself. So the Gemara says, wait, 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 there's a little bit of a difference between suicide and injury. So the Gemara says, one minute, it's a I'd like to think that everybody would agree that you're not allowed to commit suicide. Okay, that's actual murder and so on. But maybe injury, and then you could also discuss different degrees of injury. Is it an injury that heals or an injury that doesn't heal? Like when we say there's a person that says you're allowed to injure yourself, do we really think there's somebody that says I'm allowed to cut off my arm if I want to cut off my arm? Or do we think it means I can make like a cut, you know, in, you know, in myself that'll take time to heal? Okay, so the, clearly there are different degrees. Hopefully nobody disagrees about the suicide. That's a different question. The following Tanahu. You can tear up garments, not the, not the one garment that you're wearing. You can destroy objects, tear them up over grief over a dead body, and that's not seen as like pagan practices. I'm a Rebbe Eliezer. Rebbe Eliezer says, Shamati, I heard, if you do it excessively, you get lashes because of the prohibition of, you know, by, it says by the fruit-bearing tree when you're going to lay siege, do not destroy the tree. So that for him is abstracted to mean don't do any type of wasteful destruction. Okay, now, how is that relevant? Yeah. Well, no, first of all, you got to say you got to do it a little bit, right? There's stuff that seems well. That's always the question: what's considered wasteful, right? You know, it's like I don't know if some people pay two thousand dollars to go to see, uh, you know, for to Hamilton or something. That's you could say that's baltashlis, right? I mean, what's wasteful? How much of excessive is considered to be, you know, no, that's like an appropriate use for the thing. Anyway, so the Gemara says. Um, um, so anyway, so you see, according to him, there's an abs- concept of baltashchis, right? That is uh, that is more abstracted. So if it applies to, to, to property, it should apply to your body. So Mikolshkin Gufa, certainly it should apply to your body. So the Gemara says no. The deal with the garden, Shani? No, actually, baltashchis should apply to clothes and not to your body. How is that true? Probably heal again. Yeah, the who clothes don't get better. Now, so this means everybody would agree murder is uh, suicide is us, or thank God. Everyone would also agree cutting off a finger, doing some type of permanent injury to yourself is forbidden, at least on the basis of baltashchis. The question is injuring yourself in a non-permanent way. You know, and there are some people, you know, that they'll beat themselves up, not, not just figuratively, literally, they'll actually inflict injury, the body will heal, it won't be permanent, so it's not baltashchis. Is that allowed? Okay, he has Rabbi Yochanan, like Rabbi Yochanan, Kari Lamani Mechabdusa. He calls his clothes the things that give honor to me, which means that he took care of his clothing. You know, he recognized that, you know, you wear clothing, you know, it, you know it's 
gives honor to the body. Rav Chizda, and Rav Chizda, Karhavi Maski Benehizmi, when he was walking amongst thorns and thistles, Vihiga, Madli he would lift up his cloak and he'd get his ankles all scraped. He'd rather get his ankles, you know, scraped than get his clothes torn. Amar Zemalarucha, the, you know, the, uh, the, the scrapes and the, you know, on my ankles and my, on my shins, they'll get a scab, they'll heal. But my clothes don't work that way. If my clothes get torn, they don't heal. Okay? So yes, there could be a baltashchis on objects, and if it's, you're not doing permanent damage to yourself, it's not baltashchis. So are you allowed to do self-injury if it is non-permanant, and it's not baltashchis? So, and if so, what, what would it be based on? El tanahu, it's the following tanahu. Do tanya, we tanahu b'raisa. Amar Rebbe Eliezer HaKfar B'Rebbe. Ma'al Talmud Lomar. Bekibar Lab Me'asher Chatal HaNefesh. A nausea will bring a korban and atone for himself because of he sinned against the soul. Now the simple sense it's talking about a nausea who's tameh. And nefesh here means because he came in contact with a dead body. But we read it more generally. Bekibar Nefesh Chatazeh against what soul did a Nazir sin? Ella, he sinned against his own soul. Shasir Atzmo Minayayin, we're back to the Tanit. He withheld from himself wine. He withheld this pleasure. Okay? And that's Kavachomer. If just withholding from yourself the pleasure of wine, you're called a sinner. How much more so if you withhold, if you cause affliction to yourself based on anything. So now that's a pretty weak basis for the prohibition of injury. Number one, it's not even a verse. It's not even a prohibition. It's mikrochote. And then it has nothing to do with injury. Like, then it would be like, you know, if I forego a nice uh, dessert, I'm a sinner. And is there any qualitative oh, difference? I love hearing that. Okay. Right. Is there any qualitative difference between, you know, between causing some type of, any type of affliction like sitting in a tannis, accepting an unnecessary tannis. Right? Oh, I want to see if I can, you know, I'm going to do a little thing of about testing my endurance and I'm going to skip lunch today, okay? So, it doesn't sound like the issue of causing physical injury is the same question as this. So, it's interesting that Rambam, when he speaks about the prohibition to do injury to yourself, Rambam says, a person is prohibited to be chovel, right, which, which means literally wound. Wound chovel specifically means to, that blood comes as a result. As Rambam says, a person is, a, is a prohibited to wound another person and even himself, he's prohibited to wound and then the Rambam says and not only that a person can't even smite another person and it transgresses a biblical prohibition because it says lo yosif hakoto. you might know right when you give lashes it says you can't give them excessive so we'd say from that well, if, even this guy doing the mitzvah basin can't give lashes this applies to anybody that you cannot hit somebody else but the question is fine hitting even without causing a wound that you can't do to somebody else that's a biblical prohibition but when the Rambam said you can't wound yourself is that based on this pasuk of lo yosif What's it based on? Okay, so it's very interesting. The Gemara has this idea of a prohibition to wound, but it's very unclear whether it's just this amorphous idea of you're not supposed to hurt yourself. It really includes a wide range of things. From the Rambam, it sounds a little bit like he's trying to get it into the prohibition of hitting someone, but that's generally understood to mean hitting someone else. So it remains pretty unclear what the basis for this is. Like, you know, I'm going to hit yourself now, but I'm going to look a little more beautiful. Surgery, right? Yeah, that's a different question. That's not considered wounding. That's Michael raises the important question: like, when is wounding considered wounding? When you go into surgery, that's not wounding. That's helping, right? So yes, and there's a whole whole truth about plastic surgery and so on. In terms of the five categories.